It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Oh, indeed. Let's have a conversation. This is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. Hope you're having a terrific Tuesday. And uh, we need to be having conversations here in America about what's going on. Get our brains around these issues so that we understand and can converse with our friends and our family and our colleagues about these important issues that we are facing. So be sure and go to my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my newsletters. We did a big announcement this last uh, Sunday newsletter. We are organizing a Stand for Colorado rally. It will be on May 10th from 4 to 5.30 on the west steps of the Capitol. We applied for the permit. We've got it. And there will be a concurrent one in uh, Grand Junction on the steps of the old courthouse. And we're waiting for permission in Gunnison. Uh, We will have uh, tables there for people to sign the national popular vote. And if, in fact, you want to sign the national popular vote today uh, down uh, in El Paso County at the El Paso County Republican Headquarters, That is at 5145 Centennial Boulevard in Colorado Springs. Uh, They will be having petition signing this evening from 6 to 8 p.m. And what this is, is, as most of you probably know, the Colorado legislature and uh, then Governor Polo signed it, passed what's called a national popular vote. And in essence, this takes away the voice, the vote of everyday Coloradoans. And what it says is instead of uh, our electoral, if us deciding where our electoral uh, college votes are going to go for president, uh, the big population centers will be making that particular decision for us. And, um, and that is, uh, that's so antithetical to the American idea. And so uh, Rose Puglisi, uh, one of the Mesa County commissioners, uh, was, this was one of her brainchilds, I think also with, uh, I think it was the mayor of Monument. They said, hold the phone here. We need to have a little conversation about this, and the people need to weigh in. And uh, the people are weighing in. So there's a bunch of signatures that need to be um, gathered in order to get this on the ballot for us to vote on that, uh, to push back and make sure that we keep our electoral college votes. So that today, and I'll try to keep you apprised each day of where you can go and sign this, uh, but this will be from 6 to 8 p.m. down at the El Paso County Republicans headquarters at 5145 Centennial Boulevard. So be sure and check that out. Uh, Let's jump into, well, it's going to be a a big show today. Uh, We're going to be talking with Sarah Carter. You know her. She's on national news all the time award-winning investigative uh, reporter. And I want to ask her about the Mueller report that's going to be distributed, I think, on Thursday. And uh, I've now calling them the three horsemen, Steve. There is James Comey, the former head of the FBI. There's James Clapper, former head of the NSA, the National Security Administration. And uh, And then John Brennan, uh, head of the CIA. Do I have them all right? Anyway, those guys, it looks like maybe they might have been spying on uh, a political opponent. So I can't wait to ask her about that. I told you yesterday when you did the promo for today, 
when you referred to them as the three horsemen, I think I would have named another part of the ana- horse's anatomy. <laughs> But we dare not go there. We probably we, we want to stay on the air, Steve. We want to stay on the air. So um, let's uh, let's jump in here. Then we're going to do some headlines. Before we do that, our little inspirational quote for today. This is Holy Week. Uh, Easter is on Sunday. Good Friday, obviously, is on Friday. And so C.S. Lewis, the great Christian apologist, uh, you know, he uh, his faith walk was he he went to church when he was a kid. He became a, an atheist. And then he decided to debunk God. And as he did that, he became a, a fervent Christian and an amazing writer. Have you ever read the Screw Tape Letters by any chance? I have not, <clears throat> but continue. I, something else just popped up recently on the same line, but continue. Okay, well, it, it, you might uh, check out the, the Screw Tape Letters. And it, it is a, it's a tough, I mean, it's a very interesting read. And it's basically an um, older devil talking to his nephew and explaining how to... Uh, um, you know, grab mankind. It is a fascinating read, and I've read it a couple of times. I need to read it again because C.S. Lewis is one of the great great thinkers of the 20th century. His quote today, uh, now, here we go. He said, failures, repeated failures, are finger posts on the road to achievement. One fails forward towards success. One more time. Failures, repeated failures, are finger posts on the road to achievement. One fails forward Toward success, and that is C.S. Lewis. Uh, and now I have some Easter Bunny jokes for you. Are you ready, Steve? Oh, be still, my heart. Okay, Steve, producer Steve, why did the Easter Bunny have to fire the duck? Uh, uh, I don't know why. Because he kept quacking all of the eggs. Oh boy! And then, what is the Easter Bunny's favorite kind of story? A cottontail. Oh, jeez. And then, how did the soggy Easter bunny dry himself? Oh, a hair dryer. A hair dryer. You got it. So those are our little fun. Oh, Steve, that is so mean. I cannot believe it. And I was just going to say thank you to you and to Zach and to Patty and to to Keith. But um, I'm going to say thank you to Zach and Patty and Keith. How's that? Okay. (laughs) Okay, we're going to jump into some headlines here. There's a lot going on. And uh, there was an excellent piece in Complete Colorado. Uh, Jan Cook, who we had her on the last, uh, last week, and, and Charles Heatherly, uh, they said the Democrats are fast-tracking this voter registration bill. And uh, uh, Charles had some very good points on this. There, uh, and Charles and, and Jan had some really good points on this. Uh, that, you know, why are they doing this, Steve? Why are they doing that? Because we have significant... Uh, voter participation in Colorado as it is. I think that there's some uh, real ulterior motives on this, and that is, is I think, affecting elections. And you are seeing the radical regressive activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. This is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK. They are not interested in fair elections. They are not interested in making sure that we preserve, you know, everyday hardworking Coloradoans' votes they are interested in a strategic, kind of a long ball strategy to make sure that they stay in power. You know, I had a thought when you were when when you first opened up with the uh, popular vote thing and the, the pushback that 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 is gearing up. We have seen now. We have been watching now ever since uh, last November. This well, what do we call them? Not just the gang of four anymore. A gang of four anymore. We call them the the Denver board. Uh, Denver Boulder Corridor coming to roost and and rule 
And in a way, you know, it's good to see that you know people are waking up and saying this is this goes far beyond the scope of good government. Uh, oh my gosh! And then you know, in in terms of the games they're playing right now, in terms of changing the rules, moving the goalposts, whichever you know cliche you want to use, how far do they do it before it actually becomes? just totally un-American. Well, I think that we're right there. Uh, you know, one of the things is we're, we're organizing this Stand for Colorado, and, and go to that. We have a website, Stand for Colorado, and sign up so that we can keep you apprised of all the updates. But, you know, people talk about, oh, my gosh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, they make fun of her. She's crazy. Well, you know what? The things that many of the things that she was proposing – they are implementing right here in Colorado. The New Green Deal is being implemented right in front of our eyes here. And so we need to come together. We need to stand for Colorado. We need to sign the national popular vote um, petition to push back on that and make sure that that, that's so, that thing is so unconstitutional. Uh, so, But I would really encourage you to go to Complete Colorado, and then you hit the banner at the top, and that brings up all their their uh, original uh, commentaries. And this commentary by Jan Cook and Charles Weatherly is very, it's very well written, and it really explains that national popular vote, or excuse me, that the um, motor voter uh, vote, and let me just back up, the automatic forced registration when you get your driver's license or you sign up for Medicaid uh, legislation. They really explain it, so I would highly recommend that you go check that, check that out. Uh, Colorado made the news on our second headline. Uh, regarding the red uh, red flag law to seize guns from those deemed dangerous is prompting a backlash. And it's like, uh, of course, it should. There's uh, the due process that, is, again, is in the Constitution, is being stomped all over with this red flag bill here in Colorado. And, um, you know, they're saying it's an, an extreme risk protection order. If someone, if they deem that they are, are very dangerous, that without due process, them not even knowing, somebody can go to a judge and they can uh, issue it in order to have all of their firearms taken from them with no due process. And the point to be made is, Steve, if somebody is that dangerous, you you need to get the person out of there because you, you may take the guns, but there's knives and there's you know there's lawn t- you know tools and there's a car and and there's cords. I mean, there's all kinds of things. If, if that person is so dangerous, you need to get them out of there. This is a, a gun grab is what it is with law-abiding Ameri- citizens. And, um, and, of course, you know, it's been signed into law here in Colorado. You know, I go back into you know, with uh, a son who's in law enforcement. Uh, as this thing was gearing up, ramping up, and be, you know, going the route that it did, so I go into, you know, it, it's named after De- uh, Douglas County De- uh, Deputy Zach Parrish, who, who lost his life at the end of 2017, I believe it was. And so you go in and you look at that particular situation. Now, you know, they want to name that after Zach Parrish in his honor. But when you go in and look at the anatomy of that whole situation months before, there were so many missed opportunities and well, they'd been the they'd been there that night that night already that night exactly. I mean, there there were many and so yeah, I. But even before that night, there were other flags, and I hate to use that term, right? Some, yeah. But there were other things going down, and I just don't know that the hyperbole that they're they're putting behind this is is really accurate. Well, I I I know, and yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other thing using his name on this particular bill. But ultimately, my friends, if a person is that dangerous, 
you need to get them out of there. So this is a not, not very much of a veiled assault on Second Amendment rights. It's a gun grab. And uh, I did just see a headline last night as I was looking at headlines that, you know, Canada is continuing to, to opine that uh, they want to have more and more gun control. And there was a shooting, and I didn't, I didn't take a look at the city, uh, but four, um, four people were killed. And in Chicago, they have some of the most stringent uh, gun laws in the country, and yet you're hearing every week, and there's so many different murders. And um, so it's, it's, it's unfortunate what's going, do- going on down at the, the Golden Dome here in Colorado. Will you make a statement about Col- uh, Chicago? That's not just your opinion. These are facts that are collected week after week, month after month. And yet people here in Colorado just seem to ignore that. They, they, they just, it's just not on their radar. So what we're going to do on the Stand for Colorado rally, there are so many people that are offended and triggered by what is going on down at the state house that we want to bring everybody together to Stand for Colorado. And that's going to be on May 10th. And there will be, uh, that's on the west steps of the Capitol. Uh, go to the website, standforcolorado.com, and there will be concurrent rallies in Grand Junction and uh, Gunnison as well. As we continue to get this organized, we will keep you apprised of all that. Uh, Steve, it is an exciting time to be a, fan, a sports fan here in Colorado. The Avs won last night 6-2 over the Flames, and so uh, they lead that series 2-1. to one. Um, The Nuggets play tonight. And so it is a great time to be a sports fan. And uh, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the place to watch all the games. Wednesdays are wing, wing days. Uh, that is all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine. And the smoked wings, the girls love them. You know, when I have the girls over on Wednesday nights, uh, I uh, have them delivered right to my front door. And they are delicious. They're half the calories. So you can have Hooters, deliver, Hooters Wings delivered. You can actually stop by and pick them up and take them home. Or you can watch the game right at the Hooters restaurant. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the Americhicks. We're going to be right back with some more headlines. This is Kim Munson. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. 
Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Cher. Cher has made the news. Apparently, she agrees with Donald Trump. Hey, this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, uh, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. That's AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim, and we will keep you apprised of everything going on. And uh, hop over to Stanford, Colorado. And StanfordColorado.com and sign up there as well. So Cher apparently tweeted. Uh, Are the, you going out on a limb here or what? Uh, well, maybe I am. But did you see this? She, uh, Cher tweeted on Sunday after Donald Trump has said to the sanctuary cities, these cities that are controlled by these radical regressive uh, activists, uh, uh, you know, all these Democrat cities that say, hey, we love, we want to be sanctuary city. You know, we want to make sure that we, you know, have an open border. All the, And so Trump brilliantly, uh, from a strategic standpoint, says, you want them, you got them. Uh, we will bust them to your city. And this is what Cher said. She tweeted on Sunday. I understand helping struggling immigrants, but my city, she capitalized, Los Angeles isn't taking, and this is all capitalized. I understand that's yelling, right, when you capitalize. Ah. Isn't taking care of its own, but what about the 50,000-plus citizens who live on the streets, people who live below poverty line and hungry? And then she says, if my state can't take care of its own, many are vets, how can we take care of more? What do you think? Because she's no conservatarian. And she's no spring chicken either. So, you know, <laughs> well, that's me. <laughs> she's been on my in my radar for many decades, and I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for her to say something significant. And if you wait long enough, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, and so apparently, um, you know, Trump was all over that, and of course, the radical regressive activists were all over that as well. But it's it goes back to you know when we were talking to Karen Levine. Uh, REMAX uh, award-winning realtor and Peter Wall, who is the government affairs um, director at the Denver Metro Association of the Realtors. It is NIMBY, not in my backyard. And I uh, I had to drive into town yesterday. And I, you know, now, uh, well, the, um, the ballots for Denver were mailed yesterday. So they're starting to arrive. So you're seeing all the yard signs. And I I saw a lot of no on 300, which is this uh, right to, well, they call it right to survive. It's really the right to squat, the right to, you know, just put your tent up wherever you want and stay there. And there's this, Peter brought this up. I mean, it's astounding. There's this civil rights component. No other ordinance in the country has this. And, and so, and Karen made the greatest point on this. She said that this doesn't help the homeless. And um, but yet it harms property owners because with the civil right component, Steve, this is so crucial that people understand that if a police officer or an agency that wants to help the homeless comes up and asks them to move, they can immediately say, you are stomping on my civil rights. And so, you know, you know, I bet some somebody, you know, people that like this would be those attorneys that like to go after, you know, this kind of stuff. So um, 
you know, it's, it's astounding to me. But anyway, my point, uh, I guess I digressed on back, that. Yeah, back to share. Yeah, get back to, my point was not in my backyard. There were so many signs that I saw with, you know, Hancock or, you know, variety of the Democrats that are running for mayor. And then at the same time, they had a no on 300 sign right next to it. I found that really interesting. You know, and so not in my backyard. So anyway, uh, uh, Cher apparently uh, actually spoke the truth in that particular tweet. Uh, so next news, uh, it's very, very tragic. As we saw yesterday, the uh, cathedral in Paris, Notre Dame, um, significant fire there. And it's just tragic. The, the cathedral is over 850 years old, all kinds of relics, although it sounds like um, most of the relics um, made it through, which is miraculous. Um, but interesting, Harris Faulkner, you know, she is a, a commentator on Fox. She tweeted yesterday. She said, I have questions about why flames may not have had water or it wasn't fought quicker. I reported the targeting of Catholic churches since the beginning of 2019. Also reports of construction and so many people in the way. Let's wait for the facts to get together. And I was talking uh, to uh, a World War II vet that I was uh, booking for my World War II project. And uh, he, um, he was also in uh, special forces. And he commented about it. And he said, you know, it looks to me like there's a big chance it could be sabotage. Uh, his understanding from initial reports was is the fire started shortly after closing time. And it is interesting. And, and it's, it's great. Uh, but there, there was no, to my knowledge, any bodily harm. So, you know, the, I, anyway, I find it just really interesting. I hope that the authorities get to the truth on this, that there's not any glossing over. And I do indeed hope that uh, the cause of this, even as tragic as it is, that the cause of this was by accident and not uh, by some kind of sabotage. But uh, the truth, you know, the truth ultimately will come out on that. And uh, the French have vowed to rebuild and uh, so that's really, really good. One other thing, Bernie Sanders uh, was very combative. He was at a Fox News town hall. He's made millions of dollars. He made no apologies for that, which, uh, you know, deep down, I think that Bernie must be a capitalist for himself. He's just not a capitalist for everybody else. He wants everybody else to pay a lot more in taxes, but not him. And one must question how he and his wife, I mean, he... He's, uh, you know, uh, I think made over a half million dollars last year. Uh, and, you know, that's, I think that's significantly more than what he makes just as a U.S. senator. And uh, he, um, oh, Patty had all this information. Let me see. I'm not sure if I can get right to it. But uh, when he was pressed on his book, he said, hey, I wrote a best-selling book. And basically, I should be able to keep, you know, much of the fruits of my labor. That sounds like a capitalist to me. But he was very, very combative on that. He did acknowledge that there's a serious problem at the border, and he, uh, he demands sensible immigration reform. You know, that's what we send them to Washington to do is to get the job done on that. And then Senator Graham has revealed plans to overhaul the U.S. asylum uh, asylum uh, laws uh, to, in the effort to halt the migration crisis. And this, again, is very interesting to me that uh, people can figure out what the law says and then work to get around it. And that is what you're seeing with this this push towards the border. And so Donald Trump was, uh, I think, just brilliant when he said to all of these sanctuary cities, if you want them, you got them. The problem is, though, is that the 
borders are fluid. So even if the, uh, these folks are brought to the uh, sanctuary cities, they can certainly move and dissipate throughout the United States. But, you know, one thing as we look at, at Cher's quote here, or her, her tweet, is these radical regressive activists that are for open borders and for sanctuary cities, they really are are not really serious about taking care of these folks. They want them to go to other cities. It's once again not in my backyard. And the other thing from a strategic standpoint is, like many of the refugees in the refugee resettlement, they are pushing them to cities and to states that normally would vote Republican. And so, you know, I've always said that these radical regressive activists are playing long ball, and uh, that is, and that's been occurring for quite some time. It changes the demographics of uh, of the votes there. So, um, I think, my gosh, there's uh, just a couple of other things I wanted to mention, and I think we're going to have to to jump into this a little bit more. But uh, the thirty thirty point five billion state budget is done. Transportation gets about three hundred million dollars, which, as you look at that, that's only about one percent. And then Colorado lawmakers are are going to ask voters to drop the gas tax and increase the sales tax to fund roads. I think that this is truly an end run right around, uh, you know, last election season. We had that huge sales tax increase request, which was Prop 110, and and that was defeated soundly. And so you can see once again that they're going to go ahead and try to circumvent that. So uh, we'll need to keep an eye on that. Steve, I know that you had a quick comment that you wanted to make on that. Uh, on the your the gas tax thing, yep. Uh, it was just I just started, you know, looking through it and saying, okay, Colorado currently sits at twenty two cents uh, a gallon. Couple that with the federal uh, gas taxes, eighteen point four. So uh, basically forty cents a gallon. That if you fill up once a week, that's six to seven bucks in taxes. That's over three hundred and twenty five bucks uh, a year. Again, there's another tax staring at you in the face. Now, what is their motivation? When they this you know taxation of gasoline has been going on for decades. Well, and that is earmarked for the roads. Mm-hmm. Although they've been shaving money off of that for transportation. When we're talking transportation, we think roads and bridges. They think that they, the trains and the buses and the bikes that they want to get us into bikes. So yeah. that's why we need to to be vigilant on that. And uh, so you know what? Let's go to break. We've got Sarah Carter that's going to be coming. Well, we'll go to break in just a minute. Uh, we have Sarah Carter here in uh, this third and fourth segment. But before we do that, yesterday was tax day, and we have Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management on the line with us. That is, that's always a, a difficult day for folks that are working hard as paying all those taxes, Jason. Yes, it is. Well, I had to make one quick comment first. And, you know, stop worrying about the, the migrants not getting bust to the sanctuary cities, when it comes time to them needing votes, they'll bus them around to the proper cities to vote and get them there. Don't worry. You know, it's interesting that you say that because um, I was thinking about this, uh, quote unquote, right to rest or right to survive uh, initiative 300 or right to squat uh, initiative 300 in Denver. Jason, maybe I'm getting cynical in my old age and no comment there, but let's just think about it. Let's say that you have the radical regressive activists that want to affect a city council race. You could then, in essence, we have same-day voter registration here in Colorado. You could take homeless and you could have them make their home right on the sidewalk within whatever district they wanted to affect those votes. And they could affect elections that way. 
Is this the Americhick show or the current administration's legislation section? I can't tell the difference. Well, you know, I've been watching them, and I think I'm starting to understand what's going on. So, But, hey, let's jump into, you know, we, we thought we would talk about it yesterday, but the, then you, uh, the movie you mentioned, I.O.U.S.A., sounded interesting. We got a little off track and mostly talked about that. But is it really true that higher earners don't pay their fair share? Uh, you sent me a very concise document from the Tax Foundation. Well, I'll uh, just give the numbers, and then I'll let uh, you know people decide for themselves what's fair. But the top 1% paid a bigger share of uh, income taxes than the bottom 90% combined. Uh, the top 1% paid about a 27% individual tax rate, which is more than seven times higher than the bottom 50%. And a couple other numbers that I think are interesting, Kim, are the amount of income uh, that the certain, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, the labels earn versus the amount of the taxes they paid. So the top 1% earned about 20% of the income but paid 37% of the taxes the top 5% earned about 35% of the income, but paid 58% of the taxes. Wow. And the top 10% earned about 46 47% of the income, and yet they pay almost 70% of uh, the taxes. So I guess my question would be is how much is their fair share when, you know, the top 1% or the top uh, 10% is already paying about 70%, and the top 25 pays 86% of the taxes. That does not actually seem very fair to me. You know, I've always thought, Jason, that everybody needs to have some skin in the game. And uh, it seems to me that as a conservatarian that everybody needs to have their fair skin in the game. And so I think that I, I really think that there should be a, a just a flat tax across the board for everybody, because then I think that we start to make better decisions. But this is really good information. You know, you I, you put so much time into these uh, conversations that we have every morning. And I know that you put that kind of care into how you work with your, your clients and uh, taking a look at people's nest eggs. And uh, it's really impressive what you do, Jason. Well, it takes me that much work just to keep my thoughts together for two minutes. But I appreciate, <laughs> uh, you know, the compliment, Kim. It's very nice of you. Well, it, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of good information. I hear from listeners all the time that they are learning uh, on these conversations. So, uh, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Thank you so much. You can check out the landing page, chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Phone number over there is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. Jason, thank you so much, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great show, Kim. Thank you so much. And we're going to go to break. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. I am so excited to have on the line with me Sarah Carter. She is an award-winning journalist. She is a woman with guts. Uh, and um, she's, you see her all the time in national on the national shows. And uh, the Mueller report is coming out in a couple of days. And I, I want to get her read on that. And also who I am now calling them the three horsemen. That is James Comey, uh, 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 Clapper, and uh, John Brennan. And uh, so we will be right back with the AmeriChicks. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. 
Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Some more share there after Cher's tweet about the uh, immigration policy, uh, sending immigrants uh, across the border to Los Angeles. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks, where we're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. Thrilled to have on the line with me, Sarah Carter. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kim. How are you? Well, I'm doing great as well. I am so excited to talk with you about this. There's a lot happening in Washington, D.C. right now. Oh, it's, I mean, this is one busy week for, for journalists, for politicians, for anybody living in Washington right now that has anything to do with either, well, anything political, right? Either the Mueller report, which is coming out on Thursday. Uh, we've been told that now by, uh, obviously, by the Department of Justice. Uh, they've verified that. There's a lot of issues surrounding the Mueller report, though, and I think that once Thursday comes, hopefully it'll be the end of that. You know, it'll be a wrap-up of what happened there and then a push on to what we're seeing is new investigations uh, that are being conducted by the Department of Justice uh, and others, uh, as well as Michael Horowitz, who's the Inspector General for the DOJ, uh, regarding what happened, uh, possible malfeasance, within the FBI uh, for the beginning of the investigation into Trump and Russia. Well, Sarah, as we were doing the promo for today, I was trying to figure out what to do. And I just feel that there's something that's going to break. I mean, you're right there, but this is just my gut feeling. And and James Comey and John Brennan and James Clapper, so James Comey, FBI, former FBI, John Brennan, former CIA, and James Clapper, former National Security Administration, uh, you know, and uh, Attorney General Barr said that there was, um, uh, did he say spying going on? Um, what do you think? I mean, there seems to be some, some there there with those guys. Well, there certainly is. You know, a Clapper um, is very interesting because Clapper was the former DNI. He's the director of national intelligence. And he and uh, uh, Brennan and Comey, remember, they were the three that went to brief President Trump early on in January 2017 
on the salacious dossier, which we now know has been debunked. Even Christopher Seal himself has said that he wasn't, he didn't verify really anything in the dossier. He kind of just threw a hodgepodge of disinformation in there that uh, was given to him, handed to him by the Russians and other sources. Uh, it never went as far as validating that. I think in one uh, bit of testimony that I read that came out of Florida, he, he actually stated, you know, well, I wasn't a reporter. I was just collecting raw data. Um, but they used this. They used this dossier to basically open up a Foreign uh, Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant against Carter Page, who was really basically a short-term foreign policy volunteer uh, for the Trump campaign at one point in time. Uh, but remember, they weren't just listening to Carter Page. They were listening to everybody that Carter Page was talking to and possibly even into the third tier, the people that were talking to Carter Page as well as those people talking to others. So that's kind of how that situation operates. What's really interesting about Clapper is the fact that Clapper went, had gone to the briefing. It was even told in testimony by Comey that Clapper basically egged him to kind of brief uh, Trump on the most salacious parts of the dossier. Um, shortly after he did that, now I just to maybe put things into perspective for your listeners, that dossier had been floated around Washington, D.C. through journalists all over Washington, D.C. that summer. So people had heard about this dossier, but the majority of people who had seen it, in fact, all of the people who had seen it at that point, um, none of them wanted to write from it because it was so salacious and the information was so unverifiable, the majority of it, that nobody actually published the dossier. But after Clapper and Comey and Brennan went to Trump Tower to brief then-President-elect Trump, it wasn't even a day later that it started to trickle out. What happened was BuzzFeed publishes the dossier, because now based on the fact that, uh, that they had been briefed, that they had briefed him, now it became an actual news item. And then Jake Tapper, as you remember with CNN, goes out and, and then basically publishes the most salacious parts of it, but based on the fact that they briefed President-elect Trump. So they gave validation uh -huh. to a dossier that was basically full of lies. The worst part of it is, is that the dossier itself appears to have never been verified by the FBI. So they told the courts, they basically told the most secretive court in the land, in fact, a court that is very controversial because, look, Kim, if you and I were being listened to on a phone uh, by the United States government or our emails were being intercepted, we would never know it. We would never be able to have a lawyer go to the court and fight for us and say, this is the reason why you shouldn't, you misunderstand. She was just making a phone call to a source in Pakistan because she's a journalist. She has no idea who this guy is. You know, you can't, you can't listen in on her phone calls. So there's no one there. There's no one there that can basically defend you. And that's why this is so important. Another very important thing that's going to happen, and you're right about those three gentlemen. Also, um, Andrew McCabe, I believe, is in very hot water, as well as Peter Strzok and some others. But is the fact that they were actually, uh, during that time period, McCabe and them had actually not only used this dossier to listen in, on what was, you know, to use this dossier to validate, but they had brought in a mole, uh, Stefan Halper. 
And that's going to be something that they're going to be looking at very closely. And I also believe that uh, the inspector general is going to be looking at. So Stephen Halper was a professor, and he was working in Cambridge uh, at the time. He's from the United States. He had worked on previous campaigns, both the Nixon campaign um, and in the uh, Ronald Reagan uh, Carter runoff. And there's even documentation that Stephen Halper was actually spying on the Carter administration at the time for the Ronald Reagan administration. This is really kind of fascinating. So here comes this guy who's been around for a long time, and all of a sudden he is trying to gather information from Carter Page, befriending him, from George Papadopoulos, you know, kind of luring them in to his snare, um, and, and then apparently reporting back to the FBI. There was a lot of bad things happening here that need to be investigated. Also, information that was leaked from the FBI, apparently, from members of the FBI officials there, to reporters like Michael Isakoff uh, with Yahoo News or David Korn. Now, apparently, because we haven't seen the full FISA document yet, it has not been fully um, uh, revealed yet. That's going to be up to President Trump, whether he releases it in full. But apparently, they used those stories, which were based on the same dossier, as separate evidence to go after the Carter Page FISA. So what they did was they leaked information from an unverified dossier. It ended up in a news report, and then the FBI used those news reports as separate evidence to prove the reasons why they needed to spy on the Trump campaign. Wow, Sarah. You know, this is so complicated, but you're doing such an excellent job of connecting the dots on this. Um, let's go to break. When we come back, and thank you, I had, and, and in my promo yesterday, I had said National Security uh, Administration regarding James Clapper, but he was the Director of National Intelligence, so wanted to make sure that we got that corrected. He was the Director of National Intelligence. So we're going to go to break. Talking with Sarah Carter, Go to her website at sarahacarter.com, and you'll be glad you did because, uh, I mean, you are you and Jenny, the things that you're writing over there are, are very important. So we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, you know, our presenting sponsor for Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, our study of the Federalist Papers, in February was Susan Kochevar, the owner of the Historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And we know that spring is here because the Historic 88 Drive-In Theater is officially open. And what a fun evening under the stars. And Susan, I think, has the best popcorn in town. And if you like funnel cake, you are in luck. So currently showing is Shazam, a movie about a streetwise 14-year-old foster kid who can turn into a superhero. Captain Marvel and Isn't It Romantic. So for more information, check out 88drivein.net. That's 88drivein.net. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We are talking with Sarah Carter. We will be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Oh, boy, Sonny and Cher. Cher just did that little tweet regarding uh, not in my backyard, doesn't want the illegal immigrants uh, that um, Trump has suggested being um, bused to sanctuary cities going to Los Angeles. So very interesting tweet. She is uh, very telling regarding the elites and uh, what they really think. So we have on the line with us Sarah Carter. 
she is, uh, her website is sarahacarter.com. We're talking about the Mueller report that's going to be released on Thursday. I'm so intrigued by the three horsemen, James Comey, former director of the FBI, John Brennan, former director of the CIA, and James Clapper, former director of national intelligence. And Sarah, you, you said something interesting, um, a couple of things. Uh, I remember watching the debates between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and where she kind of made this accusation about Donald Trump and the Russians. And I, I need to go back and listen to those um, those uh, debates because I thought that's kind of odd. And I think that that might have been kind of the first shot across the bow on on this whole Russia thing. But then what you said is these three guys, James Comey, John Brennan, and James Clapper visited Donald Trump about this fake dossier, which then gave legs to the um, the possibility of writing news reports on it. Correct. Yeah. So when they went to brief, what happened was in December 2016, I, I don't know if everybody remembers this, but to refresh everyone's memory, they were in full swing. So I had interviewed John Brennan in December 2016 for about an hour, one hour on camera interview when I worked for Sinclair, for the Sinclair Network. And uh, at that point in time, unbeknownst to me, I, you know, I didn't even understand the magnitude, uh, nobody did, of the investigation, obviously, into President Trump and Russia. I mean, at that time, the majority of the focus was on Russian interference in the 2016 election. And Obama was in high gear uh, into that uh, investigation. And remember, he imposed those sanctions. Uh, also during All that right. time against the Russians, uh, just before, and I remember everybody talking about this, it was almost like the Obama administration was cornering the Trump, President-elect Trump, on several foreign policy issues, one being Israel and the other being Russia. And at the time, everybody was just kind of like, what is going on here? And of course, you know, people who were concerned or believed that the Russians had, which they did, I mean, I think there's evidence there, which the Russians have always done, as well as China and everybody else, trying to hack into our system or trying to influence things uh, of that nature. Um, it's a big espionage war, you know, behind mm-hmm. the scenes. So there was this large, looming investigation into Russia. What people didn't realize, that that looming investigation wasn't really about Russia. It was about President Trump, and it was about going into President-elect uh, Trump's, you know, uh, almost everything that the FBI and then the DNI, uh, which you mentioned the Three Horsemen and the CIA, appeared to be focused on was, was Trump compromised? Look, all you have to do is look at the current Twitter accounts of Comey and Brennan, and then hear the comments made by uh, James Clapper on CNN, where he is now, by the way, you know, a contributor, a paid contributor, which is really interesting because all the evidence points to Clapper as being the person who leaked about the briefing to Jake Tapper's crew. So he ends up with the job at, you know, CNN, which is where he leaked the information. Brennan then takes a job later on at MSNBC. But we can look at their tweets right now. And it's nonstop. Brennan, Clapper, you know, and Comey all believe or all want us to believe, and I think now they've ramped it into high gear because they know they're under investigation, that there was some kind of nefarious actions between President Trump or then-candidate Trump and the Russians. And there is absolutely zero 
evidence of this. So then you have to ask yourself, why did this all happen? And we've got to go back to the Hillary Clinton investigation. She was under a very serious investigation for gross negligence. She had basically put a server in her bathroom. Let's just set mm-hmm. how people like to say it. You know, a private server. She was moving confidential and classified emails. That's how she was moving them from the State Department to her server. She was utilizing her server as her official government uh, email uh, system, and other people were writing to her on there. In fact, we know now that even President Obama used a pseudonym to send her emails on this server, and they needed to deflect because they absolutely believed at that time that Hillary Clinton was going to be the President of the United States. And according to sources that I've spoken with, there was no way she would become president, I mean, if, if she was indicted. If I the mean, truth came he, out. Yeah, exactly. So if they charged her with gross negligence, so we see, you know, everybody go into high gear during that time. They deflect onto President Trump. Well, well, he had business in Russia, so let's start investigating that, and we'll put it out there. The thing they didn't expect was for President, for then, you know, uh, I guess uh, he, for, for Trump to actually win the presidency. That was the one thing they didn't expect. So they were all in high gear. They weren't covering their backside. So they were leaving evidence everywhere. They didn't believe that Trump was going to win. They thought Hillary would win by a landslide. And remember, the New York Times thought that as well. And then all of a sudden, the American people vote, and they vote for a President Trump, not a President Clinton. And now it's cover-up mode. Now they are moving into extraordinary high gear. And this was right after November now they're having this apparent uh, investigation into the Russia election interference, which well, that's what we thought, but it was actually to open an investigation into Trump, which they had done actually at the end of July, the crossfire hurricane, but then it just ramped up. I think they thought that they were just going to be able to wrap everything up after Hillary wins the election and that everything would just Nobody go would away. know. Nobody would and know. Nobody would know. Um, So now you have to look at the whole picture and see how that plays out. And what we can see here, and I've said this before, and I don't say it lightly, and I'm not being an alarmist, but what happened here appears to be a coup. Um, They used what we call a white coup, which is what uh, intelligence agencies use in other countries when they're trying to discredit um, a sitting leader and they try to remove them from office and have it happen naturally, a bloodless coup is what people call it uh, in the intelligence community, by releasing information to the public, bombarding the public daily with news stories that were never proven, some of which which were flat-out wrong, which have yet to be retracted, in order to target a sitting president of the United States. And there is no doubt in my mind that... You know, Inspector General Michael Horowitz, he is going to do his job. And that Attorney General William Barr will do the same and conduct a very thorough investigation of the abuse of power, the weaponization of the intelligence community, because you and I haven't even talked about that yet, which is the unmaskings uh, uh, that occurred uh, during the Obama administration, and, and find out who within the DOJ and the FBI were behind this and why. And I think those are the answers that they're going to find out, and indictments are going to come forward. Absolutely, 100% believe that. I spoke with Mark Meadows um, 
Congressman Mark Meadows uh, yesterday. Actually, we were on Sean Hannity's show <laughs> together, and uh, there is no doubt in his mind that based on the evidence uh, that the uh, inspector general is seen and that William Barr is probably being made privy to now, uh, that indictments are on the way. Wow. I have to ask you very quickly, uh, um, Senator McCain was shown this dossier, and my understanding is he passed that on to folks. When I first heard some of the salacious details regarding the dossier, I'm like, you know, that that's beyond belief, what they said, you know, regarding the golden showers and all that. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah. I don't think that's true. So, Well, if you know President Trump, you would know that that is... I mean, I might say, like, let's just be... I'm, I'm going to be an open-minded journalist, you know, and say, okay, when you first hear about it, you just say, absolutely not. You know, but you're still going to investigate it, right? Or you're still going to look at it. But you look at that, and you, if you know President Trump, you would know that that's absolutely not true. He's, it, it, it's just not something that would be in his nature. Um, so there were a lot of journalists that did know uh, the president. They had talked to him when he was, you know, running the Trump organization that were just, they thought it was laughable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but John McCain was given this dossier, right? And he passed it on. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, that is correct. So, you know, his, uh, what had happened was uh, the guy that worked with him, Kramer, and I hope I'm, I'm remembering his name correctly, uh, received the dossier as well. And then it was passed on to the FBI. So, look, Glenn Simpson, who worked for Fusion GPS, which is the embattled research firm that was paid for, uh, that got paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee. So they basically got their funding for this dossier from Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democratic National Committee. They hire Christopher Steele, a foreign, uh, former British spy for MI6, to compile this dossier. Uh, they hire, as well, Nellie Orr, who works with, uh, whose husband is uh, Bruce Orr from the DOJ, and, um, and he's passing information on wow. to the FBI, and now they're leaking information. They needed to have a a solid Republican is what they were looking for. So that way it would give some validity. And, of course, they go to McCain, Senator McCain. Because why? Because Senator McCain was absolutely against President Trump. Um, obviously, they knew if they, they passed this information to him, he would get it to the FBI, he and his team, and it would give more credence to the document coming from a senior senator. Uh, and, you know, and at that time... I'm sure McCain was thinking, like, well, the FBI, you know, is giving this to me. Uh, okay. You know, so maybe I'll, ju- I'll take it over, you know. To, I'll, I mean, I'm getting this from, from Christopher Steele. I've got to take this over to the FBI. They're taking this seriously. So he probably thought it was a serious issue. Look, they were spreading the information all across Washington, D.C. They were spreading false information about President Trump to the State Department. They were moving it through journalists. They were moving it through the DOJ. They were, the FBI was setting things up so that it would move around in a circular form uh, to others like Senator McCain. Uh, we saw that there were moles inside the campaign. There's so much here wow. that needs to be investigated. And it's really probably, it is, it is the biggest political scandal in modern political history in the United States, if not in all American history. Well, Sarah Carter, we are out of time, but I'd love to get you back on as this thing continues to unfold. Your website is sarahacarter.com. Great information there. You've got uh, something uh, published regarding Ocasio-Cortez. The social media are a public health risk to everybody. 
and you've got a picture of AOC there. So, Sarah Carter, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again, Kim. Sounds great. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Our quote uh, for the end of the show is C.S. Lewis. He says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. So that is C.S. Lewis. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChick signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. I want to cry.